This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 86 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Back on Track, with the generous support of Equestrian Collections and Kentucky Performance Products. This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Mary Lordson in Harvard, Massachusetts, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hey, Mary. How are you? I'm great, Chris. Great to be here after the new year. Yeah. Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year to you. Thank you. And I I would imagine it is a particularly happy new year because congratulations for getting rid of that, uh, the bling and the the accessory that you really couldn't wait to get rid of, that horrible (laughs) neck collar. But you are back in the tack, I hear. Yes, I am. I just started riding again this past week, and it's uh, incredible to be back. It must be a great feeling. Yeah. Two months out of the saddle is the longest time that I've ever been out. Um, So it gave me a lot of time to think about things and uh, to definitely be frustrated. Um, But, you know, it's I, I really learned and figured out how much riding really means to me. So to have it back in my life is really nice. Two months. You know, when you look back at this, it won't seem like very long, but I'm sure during those two months, it felt like a year. Yes, definitely. And those first couple of weeks were the most difficult. Just getting myself accustomed to a new way of life, though it was momentary, it felt like it was going to last forever. But it makes you appreciate every every day, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, congratulations. You've got past that. You are fully back in the tack, and we're just delighted that you are back in the co-host chair as well. First time this year. We've got lots of new segments on this uh, show. Here on the Dressage Radio Show, we're going to try all kinds of things this year. We're going to move along and see what else we can bring you just just for the heck of it, just for the fun of it. And uh, I also already got a lot of great comments for the show last week, uh, the show that I had Lendon Gray and Debbie McDonald discussing young riders, whether they specialize too early. And uh, great response to that, Mary. Yeah, I tuned into that one as well. And um, certainly being a young rider and listening to that, I had a lot of interest. Um, but I think anybody could take something away from what Debbie and Lyndon had to say. And uh, it was definitely a great episode. Yeah, well, we're going to do more of that. We're going to have topics that we will discuss. We have a new segment on the show this week called You Be the Judge. And we've invited a couple of listeners to join us in conversation about a certain test that uh, was both entertaining and in some ways controversial. And that is uh, the the WEG 2010, World Equestrian Games 2010 uh, test of the freestyle test of Fuego XII and Juan Manuel Munoz Diaz. That was his freestyle test that we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show. But before that, we have our guest this week is Matthias Ratt. And uh, those of you who follow the sport don't need any introduction from me that Matthias is the new rider of Totalus, the world champion. And, of course, a German rider who now uh, has the blessing of a new partnership with this horse. And, well, what an honor in many ways, Mary. Oh, surely. I'm excited to see this new pair. Well, we're going to uh, be talking to Matthias in just a moment. But uh, before that, um, we also want to mention that we're also going to include a new segment called Mary's Memorable Moment. And anything can happen in that segment, can't it, Mary? 
<laughs> sure can. <laughs> well, we'll come to that a little bit that, later. I'm excited to have that. Yes, I do too. I, you know, and then you, you could pretty much have free reign to you. Could, there's no telling what might be in that segment. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll come to that a little bit later on in the show. But we're going to take a short commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to hear from our guest this week, Matthias Rutt. Listeners have been asking why back on track products work and what is the science behind them? Well, they have evolved from a combination of ancient Chinese wisdom and modern science, as well as skilled textile production. This result is a polyester polypropylene fabric with a ceramic powder that's melted into the fabric's very own weave. The ceramic particles reflect body heat as an infrared wave, a form of energy with a highly documented pain-relieving effect. This reflected heat helps to ease inflammation, reduce muscle pain, and increase blood circulation. Back on Track products can be used to warm up your horse's muscles before exercise, thus reducing the risk of strains or injury. Most importantly, the product's dual capacity to prevent injury as well as ease and expedite the recovery of already present injuries is what makes Back on Track products so unique. I hope that helps as to why their products are so effective. Visit them at BackOnTrackProducts.com. That's BackOnTrackProducts.com. Well, as I said, our guest this week, Mary, hardly needs any introduction from me. Matthias is a 26-year-old German rider who's now made the German team. He was at the World Equestrian Games on the bronze medal winning team there and with the uh, UNICEF Standteller. And he, uh, of course, is really making his mark on the German scene now. He's a regular part, a member of the team and also on the World Cup Tour. Um, but he will be forever remembered um, before he even starts his career and his show, his, his, uh, his show career with Totilus, but he will be remembered as the rider who has taken over the partnership there from Edward Gall to be riding Totilus. So uh, let's get Matthias on the line and get to know this young man. Well, Matthias, welcome to the Dressage Radio Show and thank you so much for joining us. Yes, hello. Thank you very much. Nice to have you on the show. I think we can start by saying, Matthias, that 2010 was probably one of the biggest years in your career. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, first of all, I, um, I was allowed to ride the World Cup final the first time in my life um, with a heart I brought to the Grand Prix sport with Trivia and UNICEF. Um, then I qualified with Sternthaler for the World Equestrian Games in Kentucky, and that was really, really exciting. Exciting, and um, yeah, then at the end of the year, um, Totilas came, and um, so all these three things uh, are really make the year 2010 a really exciting year. Well, what a fantastic year! So, first of all, congratulations on your bronze medal at the World Equestrian Games. Thank you. And congratulations for now partnering with uh, one of the best, if not the best, of course, horse in the world. The best. Yeah, <laughs> the best horse. <laughs> the best horse. Well, Matthias, since this is your first time on the show, let's uh, begin by giving our listeners a little bit of background uh, about where you are in Germany and, and how, where you're based and what your situation is there, how many horses you have and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, we live uh, in, in Kronberg near Frankfurt. And um, the the yard is uh, owned by the family of my stepmother, 
and um, we live here, the whole family lives here together with yeah, a bit over 50 horses and um, a lot of young horses, uh, mother mares, foals, two-year-old, one-year-old and, um, and then of course uh, all the sports horses and uh, that, ma that makes it really interesting to see the horses growing up uh, from, from the youngest age and, uh, and then to the Grand Prix sport. And uh, that's, yeah, that's a really nice thing. Well, we should say that you, you began riding literally before you could walk, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, I on, um, on a horse together with my father when I was uh, probably half year, one year old. And um, then I, uh, I've got my first pony when I was five years old. And since, uh, and since that, uh, that age, I, yeah, I rode nearly uh, every day I was at home. I sit on a pony or on a horse, and um, yeah, that's really what what I like to do every day. And yeah, you're one of five children, and so did you kind of lead the way as as a, as a child, or were your siblings also interested? Um, I'm I'm the oldest one of uh, my brothers and uh, my little sister, and um, the other ones they are not interesting in riding at all. I mean, they come sometimes to show to shows. Um, to, to have a look at my tests or, or to help me um, on the shows, but um, they never they, they, nev they never want to do the sport by their own. Um, my little sister is um, is different. She's nine now. She likes to ride. She liked uh, like to ride ponies, but of course she's really young, and uh, we have to see what uh, what she what she wants to do one day, because my parents never never forced us um, to to ride or to do the sport. Um, it was always a free choice, and um, that that makes it really nice because uh, because it's really it's really my choice and uh, not my parents' choice. Well, right now I understand you're still at university, uh, Matthias. Tell us a little bit about what your plans are academically. Um, yeah, I, uh, I study uh, business administration at the moment in uh, at the university in Frankfurt. Um, good thing is that it's quite close. I drive just 15 minutes from our yard to the to the university, and that makes it quite easy. So I can ride in the morning, go to university, and uh, ride a bit again in the afternoon. So I'm quite uh, quite flexible in that. And then, um, yeah, I'm I finish university in March, and I have to see. Uh, last year, I always had the plan that I do something uh, practical after the after the university time so that I get practic practical experience um, and I want, uh, I want to work and job. And now with, uh, with the new house Totilas uh, and um, I mean there are new aims and uh, new ways we have to, we have to, have to take, uh, it changed a bit. So now we are just in the progress uh, to, find, um, to, fight, to find the right way what, uh, what to do after university. At the moment, I think it's more riding than uh, working in another job. Yeah, I, I would imagine that it's it's quite a challenge now because you have new pressures and expectations that you you didn't have last year. Yeah, of course, I have uh, completely new um, new perspe uh, perspective and um, new aims. Of course, Olympics are, are one of the big aims. And um, I, w I want to I want to do everything everything for this aim, so um, it's it's difficult to do something else next to riding, and it's not 
Uh, it's not just the horse Totilas uh, I have to train. I, I, I want to bring up uh, the next younger horses. I have Sterntaler to compete in the World Cup season this year and hopefully next year. And uh, then, like I said, all the young horses. So it's it's difficult to 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 do the sport on on a on a on, on this level and to have a job um, by by side. It's 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 difficult. Well, already you have a very full. Um, schedule with uh, combining your two careers, your riding and university, Matthias. What is a typical routine day for you? Um, normally, I, I, I ride some horses in the morning. Um, then I go to university. Uh, then I take uh, in the afternoon again some of the young horses. And of course, I don't have to go to university every day. The days where I don't have to go to university are a bit easier. Then I can just uh, stay at home and uh, study here at home, and then I can I can make the schedule by myself. Um, so it's quite uh, it's quite a fixed plan every day in the week. How many horses would you ride in a day? And and also, do you do any teaching? Um, I've done uh, some teaching uh, last year and the year before. Uh, this year. At the moment, um, I mean, I, I, I teach my girlfriend. She's also riding at our yard, so I teach her. And um, we have two other pupils, but um, my stepmother and my father are also teaching them, so we, we, we share a bit. And, of course, this year uh, I will concentrate on, on my own riding, and uh, then we see afterwards again if I, if I teach a bit more. But uh, here at home I ride between four and six horses each day, and now Totilas is coming com- coming to it. So then we'll be like between five and seven every day. And your father, of course, is, is your trainer and, and has yeah. been for a long, a long time, Klaus Martinrat. Uh, so that uh, arrangement obviously f- fits in with your ambitions and to have have you, your father with you the whole, the whole time in, in, in training, uh, to be at your side and, and, and to help you meet your ambitions in life. I mean, that to, it's always been a very much a family affair, hasn't it, Matthias? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really, for me, it's a really good situation because my father knows me for a really long time. And um, he, when, when he sees me, he knows exactly in, in what kind of mood I am. And on shows especially, it's really important that the trainer knows know his pupil really good and the thing with with me and my father it works it works perfectly uh, over the whole year uh, any any problems we never had any bigger discussions um of course sometimes uh, we have different um we think a bit different and then we talk about it but uh, but that's fine and one rule is always when when i sit on the horse and he's training me that i'm not allowed to to talk against him um that's one important rule because otherwise it would not work and um otherwise it works it works really good and also with my stepmother she has a lot of experience and um can help me a lot on the on the shows to to tell me about her experience to help me what to do and so um the whole family situation helps me a lot well, we should say that you're just 26 years of age and uh, obviously now very well established and now that you're on the national team and with the partner that you, partnership that you're developing with Totilus, you, you have a lot of new pressures on you and new, a lot of expectations as a young rider and on, on your national team. D- tell us a little bit how you would describe yourself, Matthias, uh, as, as a rider, as a horseman. What, what, how would you characterize your personality? Um, I'm normally a person, I, I normally don't talk too much. 
I'm I'm a quiet person, and um, no, I'm 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 a quiet person, and um, I'm more more a distance person. I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not going out too much, and uh, I have I have my friends, and I like to meet them, um, but not. But I'm not a person who's going like, for example, my brothers. They like to go out every weekend in Frankfurt and make party and everything. I also like to make party, but not too much. And um, that's the same. Same with the horses. I, I really like each of my each of my horse, and uh, I know them really, really good. And that's that's also a really important thing. Um, so someone who's very serious and and very focused, and I, I, by the sounds of things, Matthias. And so it would be interesting to hear how now, of course, our listeners will be waiting for us to talk about Totilus. <laughs> so we have to come to him. And and the reason why I wanted to start giving a little bit of background about you, because a lot of people, uh, since you've been partnering with Totilus, have said, who is Matthias Rad? You know, who is this young man? And what, a, you know, an incredible uh, honor for him to be riding this horse and the expectations that are on him now to walk in these shoes and to and to develop a partnership with the, the best horse in the world. So given that background, let's talk about that relationship that you're developing with Totilis. Um, what are your first impressions now that you've been riding him a few weeks? Um, the fir- first impressions are amazing. Um, the first time I, I, I met him in the stable uh, was already really amazing. He is a, he really has a big person. Um, he's really proud of himself, and uh, I think he, he shows it to, to to the people who sees him. And uh, then also the first the first ride was it was just an incredible feeling. It was um, un- unbelievable. And um, to to have a ch- to have the chance to ride uh, to ride this horse is uh, yeah like you said before it's the best horse uh, the best horse in the world and um, to have the chance to ride this horse is uh, is unbelievable. Now you've been riding him what uh, several weeks now and obviously you you have a, a schedule two schedules for him he leads a double life as a, a stallion and also in competition how will that unfold in the weeks and months ahead uh, at Matthias do you have a plan already Yeah um first the plan was that he, that he comes here for some weeks now in January um we changed that a bit because um we we talked about it again with Paul Schockermüller. We thought it's better that he that he's still breeding now in January and February, so then he doesn't have to breed um, that much in um, in uh, in the end, in, in summertime. So from next week on, I take uh, three or four horses from our stable up to to Paul Schockermüller stable in Mühlen. Um, so during the week, uh, from Monday to Friday, I'm always in Mühlen with my father then, and then we drive back on the weekend. We, we leave the horses up there. So at the, the next uh, eight weeks, we will uh, we have our training training station, training stable in Mühlen. And um, then Totilas is coming to our stable at the end of April, and then he's not breeding anymore. And I think that's a really good situation so that when he's up there, he's uh, he's breeding. And um, of course, I have to train him, but I don't have to. I, I don't have any shows. So when he's coming here, he can concentrate on the sport. Uh, we can concentrate on the sport together and uh, prepare for the first show. And the first show at the moment we plan at the end of May, beginning of June. We don't have exactly exactly a show we want to go, but that's the time where we want to start with him. 
Well, you now, of course, have two first-class horses, Matthias, with Steintaler as well, as well as your other horses coming along, Triviant, of course. And you've done so well already this year with in the World Cup with with um, Steintaler. When it comes to a big year like this, you have the European Championships, and then, of course, you're planning for the Olympics next year. How will you prioritize which horses you ride for the team? Will it be automatic or, or will you, do you have two roads that you will take, one with Totilus and then another road for all the other horses? Um, the plan with Sternthaler is to ride the World Cup season. Um, the last years uh, he always got a break uh, in the winter months um, because he was my, was for the, for the national, for the team. Um, uh, we changed it um, for this year, so we competed him. Uh, so we compete him also in the winter season now. So then, hopefully, I can do the World Cup final in Leipzig uh, at the end of April, and then um, he will get a break over summer. So um, in summer, for the for the team and for the European Championships, I just concentrate on Totilas because of, I mean, he's, like we said before, he's the best horse in the world, and um, so it's, it's no, no question which horse will be the, the, the number one for, 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 the, for the team this year. And um, so we take Totilas in summertime, and then, of course, uh, this winter, it's, uh, it's also not possible to take Totilas because he's, he's breeding. Um, and so that's a really good, um, really good change. That's how I also did it, the Triviant and Sternthaler, one horse in summer and one horse in the wintertime. And that, that, that works really good because we, we like to give our horses uh, longer breaks in the summer or in the winter so that they can rest and, uh, and develop at home again. And then we can go to shows. Well, of course, with having been on the team or now and being exposed to the World Cup series, you are a little bit used to the media attention and of the sport, especially in Germany, of course. But now have been, having been on the World Equestrian uh, team, World Equestrian Games team, you understand the, the media interest in the world without riding Totilus. But now with Totilus's reputation and the expectations of his following, his huge fan base... How do you respond to that, Matthias? For someone, as you said, who's a private, fairly private, quiet person, now you're going to have new, a new pressure and a, new, uh, a whole new media attention based on you, the terrific pressure. How do you, how do you respond to that? Do you think uh, that you'll just take that in your stride? Um, it was a completely new situation, yeah. That's, that's true. After the press conference, um, there was a lot of, uh, there were a lot of media, media around and a lot of, journalists and a lot of questions and um it is uh, in a new situation um like you said the good thing is that i have uh, my family and my girlfriend around they help me a lot to 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 deal with uh, with the pressure and with um, with uh, with all the with all the public and, and media and, and and journalists and um that that works really good and uh, I'm looking forward to the to the time with Totilas uh, on the shows. Even if, I know that there will be um, quite a lot of pressure, and um, that the people will expect a lot of me. But I'm really looking forward to ride to ride this horse and to compete this horse on shows. So um, it's more that I'm looking forward to it and uh, that I'm happy to ride this horse than the pr the pressure or the negative feeling.
Well, that's wonderful, Matthias. Now, obviously, all that pressure, all the competitions to look forward to, and with your academic uh, pressures as well of graduating from university, you're obviously a very busy man, but do you have any time? You have a girlfriend, but what, what do you do for fun? Do you get time to, to really relax and, and have some fun at home? What do you choose to do? Um, I was just two weeks on holiday. With uh, f- first one week with my with my family, and then the other week uh, with my girlfriend and and her family. So uh, we take uh, from time to time some weeks off and, um, and 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 rest a bit and take take the time for ourselves. And um, of course, in the in the summer season or during the during the competition season, it's difficult to to take some time. But um, I mean, my family knows it uh, for a long time, and also my girlfriend. Um, no, so they they respect it and um, they know that there's not much time around. But the time around when 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 I don't uh, sit on a horse or, or I don't have to go to university, I just like to sit at home, watch some movies, go to cinema, um, go out for dinner and um, meet some friends. But uh, like you said, it's not much time around, so. It's yeah. It's really just uh, just tiny bit of time. Do you, do you go skiing? Do you enjoy some other sports? Um, I, 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 I I skied before, but um, the last years I always uh, said I don't want to ski because I don't want to risk that uh, something happens to my legs or my arms or something. Because uh, I mean it's fun to ski. I really like it, but it's just two weeks in the year, and um, the other fifty weeks uh, I want to sit on a horse. And um, I don't want to risk anything, so so I don't I don't ski at the moment. I can understand that. Well, Matthias, you really obviously, as we said at the start of this, you had a wonderful year in 2010. But this year and the future years, now with a, such a fantastic partner as Totilus, you can look forward to so much more in your career. That's true. That's true. I'm really looking forward to this year. Um, I'm looking forward to the next shows with Sterntaler. I'm looking forward to the summertime because with Totilas it's a completely new new situation. <coughs> the preparation for the first show, you have to find out how he how he reacts on shows, and that everything is really interesting. And um, I'm looking forward. And then of course uh, the big aim is um, of course I want to compete at the European Championship this year, and I also want to be successful. But the big aim is, is next year the Olympics in London. Absolutely. Well, you certainly have your English. You, you'll have no problem when you get to London with the language, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Matthias, well, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week on the show. And uh, the very, very best of luck with Totalus. What a very, very exciting future for you. And we should say also good luck with Stenthaler with the World Cup series and getting to Leipzig to the final. Thank you. Thank you really much. And uh, and I hope you'll come back on the show in in a few months and tell us how it's going with your new partner. I would I would like to. Wonderful. Thank you, really much. Thank you so much indeed, Matthias. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, great to get to know Matthias. You know, he clearly is a very driven, very dedicated, and focused young rider. Still only twenty six years of old, but age. But what a, an amazing turning point in a in your career to suddenly get the best horse in the world underneath you mary yes and to suddenly be under that spotlight um it'll be very interesting to see how things go i i think he'll do a great job well we want to wish him the very best of luck and as i said to him we will have him back on the show later in the year to see how that partnership is unfolding big year with the european championships of course and uh, we've got the world cup series first of all 
as we unfold this year, and not least of all in Europe, but also we have, of course, the Winter Equestrian Festival and uh, everybody heading down. If they're not already in Florida, they won't be far behind. When do you head down, Mary, to Florida? Oh, we're heading down in three weeks. Very nice. Good. I bet you can't wait to go. And how long do you stay down there? For two months. Very nice. Um, do you need a groom? Do you need? Oh, I would love a groom. <laughs> I <laughs> was got a couch. Chris, you can come down and visit anytime you want. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Mary. I just wondered if you needed any help down there. You know, we, we you, know, the, sure. you know, the thought of the, that Florida sunshine right now, in as oh. I sit in a very cold Kentucky, is most appealing. Yes, a bunch <laughs> of ice cubes up here in Massachusetts. I can't wait to get down there and melt. Oh, I can imagine. All right, well, we're going to take another break. When we come back, uh, our new segment, You Be the Judge, um, is, uh, is going to be kicking off here on the show with uh, two listeners, Robert Dunn and Liz Call. Choose Kentucky Performance Products Supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to KPP. This week, I want to speak with you about Elevate Maintenance Powder. This time of year, horses are consuming very little grass and may not be able to get enough natural vitamin E. Horses in rigors training, seniors, broodmares, and stallions often require additional levels of vitamin E to meet their needs. When you need to supplement with natural vitamin E, choose Elevate Maintenance Powder. Affordable, effective, and research proven. Elevate Maintenance Powder's vitamin E is nature's most powerful antioxidant, protecting your horse on the cellular level. Elevate Maintenance Powder supports the strong immune system and healthy muscle function necessary for top performance. It's affordable, it's easy to feed, and you can learn more about this and all their other products at kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Well, Mary, we've introduced this new segment, um, the You Be the Judge. The idea is that the audience, our listeners, participate in this and tell us what they think about a particular test. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to start this new segment with um, Fuego the Twelfth. Fuego is well-known little Andalusian horse. Is he Andalusian or Lusitana? Oh, that's a that's great a good question. question. Yes, yes. All right. Well, I'm, I've been put on the spot there. Um, I'm sure we'll find out before uh, before much longer. <laughs> I will certainly <laughs> look into that. Is he Andalusian or, uh, or Lusitana? Anyway, Juan Manuel Munoz Diaz, the Spanish rider, rode this horse, of course, at the World Equestrian Games. And uh, what a performance that that was. Uh, certainly memorable from many, many perspectives. It was memorable. So we're going to get uh, two listeners on the show here now. Robert Dunn from... Uh, Minnesota. He's up in the very cold, frozen north. And Liz Call, who is from Massachusetts. So let's get them on the line and uh, let them be the judge. Well, Robert and Liz, uh, welcome to the show. We've got Liz Call from Massachusetts and... And Robert, you're from the the, I mean, the coldest place in the world now, isn't it? Up in Minnesota, it's pretty close. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. I, I say I say welcome to the show very loosely because you guys are both very faithful listeners to the Dressage Radio Show, right? Liz, I think you and between you and Robert, you've probably listened to every episode, right? 
great show well thank you um tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from uh, and what uh, your interest is in dressage well i'm originally from vermont um and recently relocated to massachusetts i have two horses um i've got my bronze and silver medal on my horse caddy master and i have an oldenburg mare who i've shown third level i work full-time and ride the two horses so and listen to the show. That's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> right answer there, Liz. Well, Robert, you, you have a very interesting job, and you're not new to the Horse Radio Network. I know you've been on other shows. We met you when you were at the World Equestrian Games with your mum. That was great. You came along to listen to our live productions over there. Um, you Tell us about your, your job, because it's fascinating. <laughs> um, I am a wig master at a the Children's Theatre Company in Minneapolis, which means I build and style all of the wigs for the shows. And that's the full-time job. That's the full-time job. Now, what is your interest in dressage? I sort of fell into it by a friend taking me to a dressage show many years ago when I had no idea what it was. I just liked horses. And I fell in love with the beauty and the precision of it all and actually didn't start riding until about five years ago, though. I took, started taking lessons finally. Well, terrific. Well, welcome both of you to this brand new segment that we're calling You Be the Judge, where we're going to get your opinions about a test that this, the first test is from the 2010 Altec FEI World Equestrian Games, the Spanish combination of Fuego the Twelfth, written by Juan Manuel Munoz Diaz. And uh, that was in some ways controversial, uh, but nonetheless entertaining for the audience there for sure. So, uh, Liz, let's start with you. What did you think of that test? Um, I thought it was really fun to watch, and I had heard about it on the chat rooms before I saw it, and there w- was some controversy that people could really kind of thought that there should have been the, the winning test. So when I watched it the first time, I was thinking, well, you know, why isn't this the winning test? And I think as far as the... Um, artistry of it the you know the music suiting the horse was really fun uh clearly the rider was enjoying himself but i think technically um you know that there were flaws uh canter pirouettes um jumping behind the, the changes the walk which would make this a test that wouldn't win in this competition mary i want to bring you in now um as probably the most experienced rider um, in Grand Prix dressage amongst us here, what was your feelings about the test? Well, I think I feel very similarly to Liz here. Um, I definitely agree that it was incredibly fun to watch, full of flavor, and I heard so many great reviews from friends that were watching it live there at WEG. Um, and of course, I had to watch it too the moment it was put up on YouTube. Um, and again, it, it was full of so much passion, and the music and choreography was fantastic. But again, there were flaws, as Liz mentioned, where um, some of the transitions were a little tough. Um, and, you know, there are some straight lines that were crooked. And, you know, the precision that you find in Edwards and Totilas's test were definitely not there, though the passion and connection between horse and rider was certainly evident. And um, I think for that, that's why it's such a huge hit. It, it was really beautiful to watch. But again, I think to say... Um, that it was a winning test, um, I think, behind Totilas is where it belonged. Robert, uh, let me bring you in now, because y- you had quite 
you know, clear thoughts about exactly how this test rode, and and I believe you found it highly entertaining. But in terms of uh, artistic versus technical impression, what are your thoughts? Well, my impression is much the same as Mary and Liz, except I have to say I had the honor of seeing the test live for the first time, and it was incredibly exciting. You know, I was part of the crowd that was caught up in all the beauty and the artistry of it, you know, how the music matched the movement and how exciting the whole thing was. However, when I went back and watched it online, and actually even when I was at the WEG, you know, I knew it was beautiful, but when you watched, there were problems with some transitions, and he just didn't have the technical aspects as precise and detailed as they needed to be to be in the medals for the competition. Well, I picked this test to start off this new segment, Mary, because you, you know, and, and, and Robert, of course, as you, as you were there, you know firsthand, the response from the public was amazing. I mean, in, you know, he, he did get off on, a, on the right leg by, by using music. His opening piece was, of course, uh, flamenco clapping. Mm. And that kind of generated an atmosphere for the audience. So it just really speaks to the entertainment side of the sport versus the technical aspect of it. Did you buy into that, Mary? Oh, definitely. And in fact, I posted it on my Facebook page because I was so taken by it. I mean, watching that test, you really saw what dressage was all about. And um, again, music was incredible and it just kept you on the edge of your seat wanting to watch more. Well, Liz, you know, talking about the technical aspect of it, do, do, do you think, you know, as, as an audience now, we can get blinded by the music and the, and the atmosphere that, the, that is generated amongst the, the public there and influenced? And I mean, that has to be hard for the judge to shut that all out and just focus on the technical aspect of the test. And why do you think that that didn't get a higher a, a mark um, do you think there's some bias, as some people do, some people think there's some bias against the Lusitanas and Andalusian? Well, I do not envy the judges, especially for the freestyle. I just, um, you know, I, and I haven't seen the marks on this horse. There was a big difference between his technical score and the um, artistic score. When I, you know, my broad brush opinion of Syrian horses I think they really do have that carrying power behind and can produce super um, passage, um, piaf, uh, canter pirouettes, but they tend not to be able to extend well. Um, and I was kind of thrilled with this uh, Fuego because I thought his trot extension and canter extensions really were quite good. The other thing with the Iberian horses is I tend to see that they don't have um, the best walks. Yeah, I think you know we're talking about confirmation here, aren't, aren't we? You know, we're short close coupled horse uh, with with very different action it's not it's not an open shoulder of a warm blood it, it is a very different action and uh, in in it, pre- it and it presents a very different picture period and yeah and i think we'll see these horses in the top 10 of these you know big international competitions many of them in the you know top 3 yeah i i think it was very interesting as you said there were technical errors there that were mm-hmm. duly marked but but I think what was interesting, which is why I picked this test to start us off with, was the the reaction from the public. Um, you know, we saw we saw that in in Aachen to a certain extent, um, 
with you know with with certain tests there in the world of question games that really captured the public's imagination but it makes you really look at really the test now and how popular popular the freestyle has become and and the overall image and if that is appealing to a wider audience it's good for the sport right mary Yes, certainly. I think that's a really important point to bring up is that it is these sort of tests that bring the views, bring the spectators, and that's really what we need in our sport. Um, And just going back on one of the things you mentioned, too, is I I thought it was was on Dressage Daily or Euro Dressage, where they mentioned that what if Fuego had been painted black? Would have things been (laughs) different if he was a black horse rather than a gray Iberian horse, um, would the score have been different? Yeah, it, you know, that is interesting. It's, it's, a, it's all about, you know, presentation and perception and, you know, that overall picture. But it certainly livened up uh, the audience there. There was no falling asleep when he came in. Well, and I will chime in here and say, I'm totally on board as far as the artistic goes. The air was electric while that pair was in the, te- in the <laughs> arena. Mm. And, yeah. and I was one of those that after, and it's funny that Liz mentioned that she says sometimes what the Iberian horses do lack is like the extended trot and such, because his first extended trot, I was part of the crowd that was cheering afterward because it was amazing. <laughs> it was, but it was mainly, I mean, the pro, I, I would have loved to have given him the gold medal on artistic. If there was a separate artistic from technical, he would have won. Mm, I mean, there was no challenge. No one touched him as far as artistic went. Yeah. But it it's the technical scores that he lost points on. Yes. But then great choice of music. Oh, amazing choice music of music. Super. Yeah, and I think that's so much of that as you know Mary, you're putting freestyles together. It it's critical now the movement the the, the music and not only fitting the horse, it it has to work in so many ways, doesn't it, when you choose your music for freestyle? definitely has to be attractive for the judges and the audience. And I think that the best thing that you can have happen is that you can forget that you're watching a dressage test, that you're just watching um, some sort of act. And before you know it, it's over because you were so taken by the music and how it well it works. Uh, that's very, very true. Um, well, let's just summarize now. Of course, he did score 81.45. He finished fifth. So outside of the medals, but uh, <clears throat> there were a lot of people who would like to have seen him creep inside the medals. Uh, whether he was a worthy uh, contender to beat uh, Hunter Douglas Sunrise, of course, in Kashelika Bartles, also it uh, actually finished fourth, uh, just behind, uh, on uh, just in front of him rather, on eighty-two point ten. The very, very little between those two, despite the technical correctness, the technical differences, very little between the two. Would anybody have placed those top five differently? I actually um, thought that uh, Sunrise, I like that ride better than it scored. I might have had that horse in third. But I think the music for that horse was very subtle and have the pow of definitely Fuego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was just so much going for it, wasn't there, in terms of the total package, you know, putting aside the... The, the technical aspect, but, you know, the whole impression there of the music fitting the horse. And uh, it was very, very dynamic. And, and, you know, to your point, Mary, it really captured, not judges, the judge, but captured the, captured the audience's imagination. And, you, you know, if you go to some, some shows, I'm sure, Mary, where you hear people that are maybe not familiar with the sport and they, they applaud after a movement, 
and yeah. and then you get you know the the um, the hardcore fans hushing them up in the stands <laughs> there. Um, but you, you you couldn't hush the crowd there for for this test. The the te- the, the crowd was right behind him from the start, and uh, and look how the horse responded after his final test. I think he he um, actually went airs above the ground for a moment there, didn't he? What we're discussing here could become a topic for the entire show because I agree. Like I said, that it was highly entertaining, and everyone's like, this is what the sport needs. But I don't want the technical aspect to go away. I don't want it to become a circus show mm. so that it's just entertaining to the crowd because that starts defeating the core of dressage and what it's about. Absolutely. It is striking a balance, isn't it? It's, it's having all those components that make it a, give it the appeal to a wider audience and yet not detracting from the technical component which is all about dressage in its purest sense and i think that's where the other four pairs placed above them is they did combine the artistic with the technical and do it beautifully mm-hmm. well great so um liz then you you would have bumped um imker up a little bit but otherwise um robert would, would you have left the five top five as they were um i actually probably would have rearranged the entire top five to be honest in my opinion I thought they were very, very generous with Edward Gall and Totalus. There were some pretty glaring mistakes in their test as well that somehow went unnoticed, I guess. So uh, I actually probably would put Laura Bechtel's timer in first that night. Okay. And in second? Oh, I, I do love Totalus. I think they probably would have stayed in that Totalus and Gall could have stayed in second. I think, you know, they are brilliant. They were a brilliant pair. And in third and place? Oh, I hate to say it because I am from the USA, but I have to agree with Liz here that I think I would have put Imke Shellican's Bartles and Hunter Douglas Sunrise in third place. Okay. I thought they were an amazing pair that night, and I was a little confused as to the scores. How about you, Mary? I think I would place them similarly to Robert. Um, I can't say that I watched all five rides. I, I believe I only watched Totalas and Fuego, um, but I would definitely have bumped Fuego up at least one slot. All right. Well, interesting conversation. I think uh, this is a this is a segment that we will continue here on the show. You be the judge. We'll come up with another test for you all to consider and uh, come on the show and talk about it with our host here. Well, thanks again to both of you, to Robert in Minnesota, in chilly Minnesota, going back to your <laughs> wig making, and, uh, and Liz up in Massachusetts, also very chilly up there too. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Well, yeah, it's really fun. Thank you both for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the the show. Um, I think you you might just enjoy the rest of the show. I'm sure you'll be listening. Our two very very loyal listeners here, Liz McC- Liz Cole and Robert Dunn. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's that time of the year again for after-holiday closeout sales, and Equestrian Collections has hundreds of items for you at tremendous savings up to 70% off. Closeouts from Ariat, JPC, Pessoa, Ovation, and so many more. 
Highly discounted specials include ladies' apparel, footwear, saddle pads, bags, belts, coats, and the list goes on and on. Remember, you can save up to 70% now, but this is a closeout and quantities are limited. So grab the keyboard and type in equestriancollections.com. You'll see the great big ad right on their homepage for all of their closeout specials now for the month of January. Get them while before they're gone at equestriancollections.com. Well, our thanks again to Robert and Liz. And if you have any ideas of tests that you think we should be featuring here on the show to discuss amongst our listeners, then please let me know. Shoot me an email or post on our Facebook page any comments that you have and any suggestions for the uh, tests that we should feature here. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to feature a new segment on the show, as I said, and anything could happen in this segment. It's Mary's Memorable Moment. All right, Mary, the show's all yours now. Where where are you going to take us this week with your memorable moment? Well, this week I'd like to just provide a little insight. Um, As many of you out there know, I did have a pretty bad riding accident a few months ago with a young horse, and um, those two months out of the saddle really gave me a lot of time to get my life and goals. And I was definitely bitter that the doctor's orders were keeping me from the saddle at that time, but it was very valuable, and even if it wasn't what I really wanted Um, I think many of us go through this, whether you're a young rider, professional, or adult amateur. And no matter the circumstances, whether it's health or other reasons why you're not riding at the time, it presents an opportunity while you're out of the saddle. And it's one that I certainly didn't see so much at the time. Um, The time away let me organize my mind and more than anything else had me realize how much riding means to me since it was that time taken away from me. If the time comes for you to return to the saddle, which I can happily say just came for me this week, I think another important thing to do while waiting is to mentally and physically, if at all possible, prepare for that first ride. Um, In my uh, situation, I was in a neck brace for those two months, and there was that I wasn't allowed to do besides moving my neck, and I could, you know, still walk. I would teach some riding lessons down the street, and I made a point to walk there every day so that I would be in at least some sort of riding condition when the time came. And I also think most of the time when I was daydreaming about riding, I played out in my my mind what my first ride would be like. And bit by bit, I started spending more time with the horses and especially with my horse, Rosignol, so that getting back on would be like any other day. Uh, one other word of advice when you're planning, well, when you're playing the waiting game is to share your experience, whether it's chatting about it at the barn, sharing your story on Facebook or sending out emails. I found that during my recovery, much of my positive light and strength was given to me by friends, family, and a lot of people that I don't personally know from the horse community. And I think that sharing your trials and tribulations can really help you get through a tough circumstance and ease a lot of um, the pain and frustration that you undergo when you're not riding. Um, Because of my mental preparation and the support I was given by others, I was able to return to the saddle with ease and could not be more grateful now every time I put my foot into the stirrup. And uh, again, I can give thanks to all of my friends and family that helped me through the situation and, um, you know, also just trying to keep a positive eye on the whole thing, knowing that it was not going to last the rest of my life and that this time was given to me for some reason. Um, And uh, it gave me a whole new spin on things, that's for sure. 
Well, I can imagine, Mary. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, you know, it it, it 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 is as you say. It seems in the time that it's happening that it's going to last you know, a lot longer than it actually does. And on reflection, two months. But it certainly was a time for reflection, as you said. Yeah, and again, I, I do think that these times were given. Of course, I hope that <laughs> people don't have to go um, through something like this and that it doesn't happen to me again. But it's um, you just have to take advantage of it when it comes to you and make the best of your situation. Absolutely. So any other topics for your memorable moment segment? Sure. Well, on a more lighthearted uh, <laughs> uh, side of things, I would like to talk about a movie that I recently saw. Um, I don't make it out to the movie theater too often just because of time, but I recently saw the movie The Black Swan, and it was one that I was certainly taken by when I saw the trailer for this movie, and it is one I would highly recommend for people to get out and see, though it may not be for everyone, especially people that are a little, uh, I don't know, it had had sort of a horror movie thriller sort of feeling to it. It certainly made you feel on edge from the very beginning to the end. Um, there are certainly uncomfortable um but at the same time it was incredibly well done and um i think one that is really just uh, uh, one to see especially if you can see it in the movie theater because of um how the scenes were done and the music it was really nice to see it in a big theater so did you see any uh movies this year or did you have a favorite movie this year chris i do already mary the king's speech is my pick. oh, oh yes yes Wonderful, wonderful movie. And I did see the trailer to The Black Swan, but it, it just felt like it was a bit too spooky for me. I, you know, I, you know I, there's some aspects of it. I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's, you know, I might, might enjoy that. But the, no, the, the, the horror, th no, too much tension for me. The, the, King's, yeah. the King's speech, I have to say, was just a wonderful movie. And being an expat, I, guess I could relate to the, the monarchy and, mm. you know, the historical value. Um, but it was a side to the to the story I hadn't uh, known about. I didn't know that he had the speech impediment that he did and how he overcame it. And, uh, and those of you who are listening from England and Australia will appreciate that, you know, it's only an Australian that could talk to the king the way that uh, Geoffrey Rush did uh, and get away with it. And they became firm friends, apparently. But, it, it you know, he did uh, step over the line. You know, if you were English, you know, there's only, there, there's, there, there is protocol to consider and, and it, you know you felt all that in the movie it was brilliantly acted by Colin Firth I thought absolutely brilliant and uh, certainly worthy of an Oscar nod um, I certainly on my, and, you know, I know we're different generations Mary but for me that was um, that was an outstanding movie it has to be in my top 10 um, favourite movie of all time wow. yeah it wow. really it, it would make it to the top 10 yeah, um, I, I absolutely loved it. So, yeah, good. Well, that's definitely one I want to see. Yes. Heard great things. Yes, let me know what you think to it. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, any other thoughts for, for the week before we sign off here, Mary? No, I think I'll spare you any more, uh, any more details for this week, but I'll certainly have something next time. All right, wonderful. Well, why don't you remind everybody how they can reach us here on the show, Mary? All right. 
Well, you can find our show notes on the website at www.dressageradio.com. Visit our fan page on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio and Chris E. Stafford. Contact, contact us at chris at horseradionetwork.com. And always, you can pick up the phone and call 270-803-0025. All right. Well, thank you, Mary. And... Uh, as always, I want to thank our sponsors and our crew and make this show possible. And, of course, our guest this week, uh, Matthias Rat. Thank him very much, and we wish him the best of luck with Totilus. And also to our two listeners who shared their thoughts on uh, our new segment, You Be the Judge, Liz Call and Robert Dunn. Well, thanks to all of them, and thanks to you for listening from around the world. We really do appreciate it, your support. It really makes this show possible. We know that you're out there, and we want to bring you something new and different now with the show. So, as always, let me know if you've got anything you think we are missing out on here on the Dressage Radio Show. And uh, great to catch up with you too, Mary. Nice to know that you're back in the tack and soon be heading to Florida. So you can uh, bring us some updates when you're down there, I hope. Yes, I can't wait. All right, wonderful. Well, as always, I will be back same time, same place next week. So until then... Please remember to practice safe riding by always wearing your helmet and fastening your chin strap. And please don't text while riding. 